0: Super coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast.
1: Yes, guys, welcome back to the Insight NRL show brought to you by the Insight Podcast Network. We are live for the Sunday sesh to talk through all things round 24 of NRL Supercoach. Bit of a bludger of a week from me, but we'll push on. The show is sponsored by the Standard Squeeze, helping you drink responsibly and conveniently. And I'm the Super Coach Brain, and I'm riding solo. You'll notice it's just me. Uh, I've got a bit of solo podcasting catch-up to do. Maddie's away for the weekend, and uh, I thought I'd pull my weight uh, after being sick all week and uh, him carrying the show. So guys, hop on with me, have a chat with me, crack a tin, uh, whatever your drinker choice is, and, and let's have a chat about round 24, because it was a very interesting one. There's lots going on. Uh, and some absolute blowout scores this weekend, blowout scores. Uh, so we're starting to see you now at the back end of the season which teams are on that run towards the finals, and which teams are probably already starting to think about Mad Monday or think about next year. Uh, some some very interesting scores out there from uh, Sheensy's revival, specifically for my team. It uh, it was there wasn't much good to talk about, but we'll talk through it nonetheless, and uh, we'll go through the winners and losers for this round, of course, in in round 24. We'll answer all your questions as well. So if you have any questions for me, drop them in the comments. Let me know how you went, first of all, this weekend, and any maybe questions that you have for the week ahead for round 25 because there's three weeks left. There's three weeks left of NRL Supercoach for the year. And you want to finish strong. You might be in head-to-head semifinals next week, and you you might want to know how to get a leg up on the competition. Uh, You might be hunting that top $1,000, $15 Zingerberger voucher and some KFC socks, Supercoach socks, I think it is. And a drink bottle, which hey, I'm all I'm all for it. Uh, if you can get some free stuff, uh, there's plenty to play for with three rounds left. So we'll go through it all. But guys, before we do, please if you if you haven't yet, please hit the subscribe button and hit the like button on YouTube. If you're watching us live tonight, um, if you are listening on delay, whether it's on your your morning drive, hit. Sp- if it's on Spotify, if it's on Apple Podcasts, it could be Google Podcasts. I don't know where you get them, but we're everywhere. Uh, Please hit that follow button and leave us a review because it does help us reach more people and get the show out to more people that it might help, especially leading into next year as well. And we've got plenty of cool stuff happening on the Insight Podcast Network coming up in the coming weeks and months. Now, uh, instead of talking you through and just looking at my head, uh, for the next forty minutes, I thought maybe I'll just kind of screen share and see how that goes because it might be a little bit easier for everybody to get a bit of a gauge on, on how I went. Um, so I got eleven hundred and fifty-seven this week. Now, not a great, not a great score by any means. Uh, a bit disappointing. I've, my bench actually ended up scoring way better than uh, some of the choices I made to pick on field. So. Uh, you'll see here, I didn't. Obviously, I sat Reed Money over Cook. It's a bit of a no brainer. I was always going to do that. Uh, I sat Christian Welch and I, I reserved Max King instead of Welch. So that cost me 10 points. Uh, Joseph Tapani had a bit of a quiet one as well, which was a bit strange, but uh, yeah, 42 for him. My um, two RF, I, I did okay. Uh, sat Hudson Young, so kind of glad on that one. That worked out quite well. Nico Hines and Cleary, both in the 50s this week. So obviously I don't have Sean Johnson. That's a, uh, th- There's a 20-point, I guess, advantage, 25-point advantage there. Uh, Munster and Ponga did relatively well, 79 for, uh, for Ponga. I ended up fading the captaincy on Ponga just to see if I could find an advantage, and it didn't really get me anywhere. Um Munster with eighty-two. Valence Tavare, obviously, I'm not playing him, but uh, big disappointment. Greg Marju this afternoon didn't really kind of score the way I'd like him to. Hamiso has just done nothing for me since I bought him, and I bought him over Jermaine Asako, which um, it's one of the moves that I'll put in the black book and go, "Yep, this has probably cost me two hundred points." Uh, a captain Latrell Mitchell freeze eighty-one, which I'm not upset about, but I did sit Ruben Garrick freeze eighty, so not ideal, not ideal there at all. But that's okay; it's all uh, all part of the game. What we will do uh, is we'll go through and have a look at the scores for the weekend and we'll do it a little bit differently this week. We'll put the scores up on the on the screen so everybody can see them, eh? make it a little bit more viewer friendly. Uh, and we'll ch- go and have a look at some comments before we actually do that just to get the show rolling. Uh, Thomas Radley, thanks for hopping on, mate. Kelso Killers, 12.53. Nice. Uh, above par this week. Yeah, look, I'd say par this week. I'd say par this week is probably around that twelve fifty mark. Um, I'm way under, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, I'd I'd say, yeah, I'd say twelve fifties par. If you're around that twelve fifty mark, you shouldn't probably see too much green or red either way. You'll probably stay the same. Flash, yeah, I still don't look the best. Thanks, mate. I never did look the best. Uh, I'll I'll admit that from day one. But yeah, it's still still recovering. Uh, copped a pretty bad bout of. Um, hand, foot, and mouth from my son who brought it home from daycare and also some impetigo. So that was lovely of him to bring home both of those for me and my wife as well. So we both we both copped it. So, uh, yeah, I had to stay off camera for a week. Otherwise, I would have scared everybody away. Uh, hey, Paul, thanks for hopping on, mate. Uh, Christian, Fifi ruled it out for the next two weeks. Is that confirmed? Now, I've seen a couple of different things on this. Uh, first of all, Channel 9, I think 9NRL came out and said that Fifi is going to miss two weeks. Uh, Because it was a second instance or a second uh, offence shoulder charge, it was only a grade one though. And then what I've seen on on other sites are that Fafita can get away because it is only a grade one; he can get away with a three thousand dollars fine and no time missed. So I'm a little bit unsure about how that uh, how that well what's going to happen there. But look, if he has to go to judiciary and he has to plead. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. So I'm not hundred percent sure, Christian, but keep an eye out on news. Cause if hey for feeders out, I haven't seen anything on Britain Nickery yet who copped a, a shoulder charge right at the back end of the um right at the back end of the Sharks game, which was bloody fantastic as an owner. Thanks for that. And if you don't hear the sarcasm then uh that's a shame because that's gonna hurt me. And then Hopgood I think is on on report as well. So that's my starting two RF right there and probably a lot of other people starting two RF hurting if we if we lose all three of those this week i mean a lot of barney rubble hey mark thanks for hopping on mate luke roden 12 40 this week flash twelve eighty five. uh now you don't want full screen braino phil you you don't want it trust me not this week anyway mate maybe in maybe when i'm looking a little bit better uh mark is hunting the top 100 with thirteen fifty one. that's nice man that's a really nice score that's definitely going to see some green arrows this week mr calio thanks mate uh welcome back scored twelve fifty. lost a head-to-head by 45 uh, look First of all, head-to-heads aren't done. It's not over yet. You never know what can happen when you wake up in the morning. I've uh, I've won some very questionable head-to-heads in my time where I've gone to bed losing by 20 or 30 and woken up winning by 50. You just don't know what the scorers are going to do, and it just seemed like they're on uh, on a different planet uh, this afternoon with a couple of the scoring decisions that they made. So I'd probably say there's going to be a few swings, I reckon, and there's going to be some very happy people. And some very unhappy people when they wake up in the morning. So hold there. Uh, Phil, 1287. Nice. Good score. Probably a little bit above par. See some green arrows there. Hopefully get a head-to-head win. Uh, Brendan, I haven't even had a look at scores, mate, if I'm completely honest. From what I can see in the chat, uh, someone got 1,300, 1,351 for Mark, 1,369 for Reynard. Uh, Maddie got 1,323 as well. Big week for Maddie. I'm glad he's not here because he'd fucking rubbed it in my face all after, all evening. Um, and, uh, yeah, no problem. Thought I'd uh, need to justify why I look so terrible. Uh, uh, J-Dog, 1341, nice. Gagai was the man. Yes, absolutely. Hopefully somebody took my advice. I don't take my own advice apparently, but, uh, hopefully somebody did in bringing in Dane Gagai last week or the week before, because it was a really, uh, really nice little pod play there. And I'd say a lot of people are going to be jumping on him again next week. So, all right uh and mark 1150 falling off a cliff uh will definitely drop out of the top one percent yeah mark's had a really good season uh it's a shame man you had a couple of rough weeks in a row but uh still in it man stick around get that get that of voucher it's uh worth its weight in gold that kfc so all right uh before we Tackle these these games and talk through these teams. Guys, the Standard Squeeze, obviously a major sponsor of the podcast. They bring you the podcast every single week. Uh, Use the code INSIGHT15. If you want to get yourself 15% off all of their quality, whether it's merchandise, I tell you what, we just got jumpers from these guys and their jumpers are incredibly warm. So if you want a a really nice, warm, kind of fluffy jumper, hit up the Standard Squeeze. They're actually really affordable too. Use the code INSIGHT15, get yourself 15% off or you can go and get yourself a four-in-one one of these bad boys. Uh, You can get yourself the squeeze bottles in the back there that measure out the perfect 30 mil shot as well. The guys have got a quality product there and they're lucky enough to be supporting us. So please go and support them. Uh, And it helps you kind of, you know, do some good things when you're on the piss as well. All right. Uh, Let's talk through this game one, right? First, uh, uh, you know, firstly, score Wise, Penrith 24, Manly 12. I actually thought that Manly played some really good football in this one. Um, I actually thought that there they might be an upset on the cards pretty early on, but obviously Penrith just dragged it all back and, and played some good footy at the back end there. But uh, DCE 96 had a good game, seemed to be in nearly everything, which he has to be for the rest of the year with this lineup. Um, Ruben Garrick 80, I sat him. Makes me sad. Um I know a lot of people sat him though this week, so... I'm not the only one. I'm I'm not the only one. But look, logically he scored like 30 30 and 7. The last 3 times he played Penrith, so it it was the right play. He just had a good game and and full credit to him. So anybody who was stuck on center wing depth and had to play him, you've uh, you've had a big dub there. Uh Sipley, 79 as well. And then we've got Brian Tottenham, 77. Crichton, 76. To River, 75. Like some really good scores there. Brian Tottenham just continues to deliver. He continues to score tries. And that is Cleary's right side, preferred right edge. Uh, I think was going to be the center of attention for the run home. And I think the only concern that we have about any of these Penrith assets is going to be whether they end up sitting in round 27. So basically, if you don't want this to happen, and this kind of same thing applies for the Broncos. If you don't want the Broncos or the Panthers to be sitting their players, you'll want them both to continue to win in the lead up because they're on exactly the same amount of points in the ladder. So if they continue to win at the same rate until the end, uh, you'll probably get the most out of around 27 and hopefully we'll see them competing for the minor premiership and a home advantage in the preliminary finals. So let's hope for that. And all of the Coach relevant scores here, we've got Taruva, like I mentioned, he's seventy-five. Some some people probably still have him on their bench if they're short on trades. Uh, Nathan Cleary only with a fifty-three this week, and I think everyone was expecting a lot from him. There was eight percent of super coaches straight captained him on Thursday night. I thought it was ludicrous. Let me know in the comments if you straight captained Nathan Cleary. I'd love to. I'd love to understand why. Uh, I'd from what I understand, a lot of people are doing it because their AE was shit. And I get that. I 100% get that. But I'm going to go with Mark's rule here and I'm adopting it. I, I, I really like it. Never captain on a Thursday night. Just never do it. Thursday night games are bludgers. Absolute bludgers of games. Uh, and we've seen it week in, week out. I think I've only had success on a Thursday night straight captain once. And that was Nico Hines at the start of the year. I will never do it again. Uh, because every other time I've done it, even if it's a VC, Every other time I've done it, it hasn't worked out for me. So Nathan Cleary, 53, a bit disappointing for him. Sonny Luke, though, 36. Fantastic for those of you that are worried about the AE. Obviously, with the laid out of Mitch Kenny, that that gave Sonny Luke a little bit more advantage. And I I can't remember the hooker's name that replaced him, the young fellow that came in. But uh, he went off for an injury for a little bit, or I think it might have even been a head knock. So he spent a bit of time off and Sonny Luke got some extra game time. So big dub there for everyone who is stuck with the Sonny Luke AE sitting in their hooker bench. Uh, the only other one to mention here is Josh Schuster with a 30. I mean, if you're still stuck with Schuster in the 2RF, I get it. There's probably bigger priorities, bigger issues there. And look, he does have the upside. We're not, we're not, I'm not saying that Josh Schuster is a bad player per se. I'm just saying that super coach wise, he's rocks and diamonds. He's uh, the perfect example of rocks and diamonds, Josh Schuster. Uh,
2: sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit.
1: And, and that's the perfect summary, really, for Josh Eustace. So uh, I'm going to do a bit of a pod watch for um, every single match, every single game. I'm going to try and drag this out and see see whether I can get some content together. And uh, we don't have the advantage of having the back and forth of Maddie, uh this week, and usually that makes episodes go twice as long. So I'll do my best uh, to bring in some pod watch for each game. And my first pod is Isaiah Yo, And uh, Isaiah he Yo, got 66 this week. He's got a three-round average before this game of 83. No one is talking about this guy. He's owned by 1.7% of teams in the top 1%. So that's in the top 1,500 teams or so. So if you're around that top 2K, top 3K mark, and you want to have a really big push in the next three weeks to get to the get to the top 1K or maybe even higher, maybe he's your ticket. The only issue, again, is rest. Uh, do Penrith end up getting too far ahead. Do the Broncos lose a game in the next couple? They can't lose next week because they're on the buy. but do they lose in round 26? Who knows? So Azayo, really nice pod, and probably my pick of the pods, if you don't have Brian Toll, he's starting to get relatively well-owned now. Everyone has Garrick. Amolio Lekuatu I still like, but look, I'd, I'd be jumping on Azayo. If you really just want to get spicy and you want to get a bit crazy with it, he's my pick. Um, and I guess the last thing to say on this one is the fact that it is Absolutely going to be a Panthers versus Broncos grand final. Unfortunately, that is the reality. These two teams are just standing out far beyond any other team in the competition at the moment. And it's very, very obvious that the two best defensive teams in the competition are the two let, they've let in the least amount of points during the competition. Uh, so Panthers are just too good, and the Broncos are playing some incredibly good football. So I'd say that Maddie's going to be going to a grand final. Uh, at some point in the next, how long How long have we got? Seven weeks, six weeks, something like that. All right, let's move on to the Sharks and the Titans. I've got to quickly check. No questions, no comments. 13-16 for Crazy Praying Mantis. That's a good score, man. It's above par. Um, Bit of chat happening here. It's actually quite hard to share my screen and, and try and keep up at the same time. So this is going to be a new little challenge for me. I like it. Uh yeah, Dell, thanks, mate. It's it's not great to look at my head, but it's nice to be back. i I was actually thinking the other day, I'm like, kind of miss podcasting. I miss talking about the footy or even the NBA. I miss talking about the NBA. I miss kind of having a chat about sport in general. So uh it's good to be back. Thanks, mate. And uh yeah, clearly disappointing, Maddie. Uh very unfortunate for those of you that straight captained. But again, look, we weren't hurt too much by captaincy this week. Ponga got 79, Latro got eighty one, Munster got eighty-two. Uh, Heinz got 55 or 58 or something like that. Like, we we didn't see these massive 130 captaincies unless you captain Nick Meany, you're a wizard. Uh, but look, unless you captain Nick Meany or you captain one of these massive Ronaldo Mulatalo on a punt or something like that, you didn't get hurt too much by captaincy. So, it was the rest of your squad that put together your team, uh, your team score this week. So, your depth would have definitely got you where you want to go. Uh, wanted to sell Meany for weeks Reynard. yeah yeah I completely get that and maybe cnk uh being out was a blessing in disguise for Meany owners being forced into actually playing Meany this week so played out beautifully uh and Reynard currently in the top 11% trying to crack top 10% good on you man uh mate any goal is any goal is solid so mate let's let's crack on into the sharks versus the Gold Coast Titans, and it was a bit of a thrashing, 36-6. to 6. I thought the Titans had probably compete a little bit more in this one than they actually did. Are the Sharks back? Uh, two wins in a row. They beat the Rabbitohs last week. They've beaten the Titans convincingly this week. Are they back? I don't know. That's questionable. Um, we know that they're a bit of a flat-track bully team, aren't they? So do we see them beating Penrith? No. Do we see them beating the Broncos? No. Do I see them beating uh, a top-four team? Do I see them beating the Melbourne Storm? No. So uh, I, don't, I don't know whether I see them being back or competitive, um, but it's good for Supercoach that they put on a score here because uh, the top scorer is Ronaldo Mulatalo, as we can see on the screen, 110 he scored, which is great for owners. I think he's only 30% owned by the top 1% of teams now, which is really nice for me. Didn't really help my fucking score this week. But anyway, uh, Jesse Ramian with a 109. Tino, uh, big Tino with a 105. And Cam McInnes delivers again. Love Cam McInnes. And I know Maddie's in the comments and he's going to talk about Cam McInnes. He loves him. Big fan of Cam. Uh, and he gets 104 with a try. Uh, I'll talk about Cam a little bit later. Uh, Tricky Trindle with an 89 and Blake Braley with an 88. Now, these guys obviously aren't really heavily owned in Supercoach, so not really worth talking about them too much. But has Trindle cemented that 5'8 uh, position? Is Moylan even going to find his way back into that starting team? Or is he going to be used as a 14 for the rest of the year? So lots of, lots of questions to be asked there and not many answers. Uh, and Blake Braley, 88. I know a few people jumped on Blake Braley as their second bench hooker for the ride home. So you'd be very happy with that. I just don't know whether you're playing him too often. If you've if you've got Harry Grant as your starting hooker, are you playing a second hooker over then playing all of your other options at 2RF? You're probably playing a backup half in Nico or Cleary or SJ. You're probably playing a backup 5-8 in Ponga or Munster or God knows who, Dylan Brown. Um so yeah, you, you've got limited options there, and I wouldn't be playing my backup hooker. So hopefully, people played him this week for the for that eighty-eight. Um, the super coach relevant guys: Britton Nicaro with a with a seventy there, very well owned. David Fafita also with a sixty-eight, very well owned. Um, and Nico Hines with a fifty-five. Usually, I don't have to scroll down the screen when I when I look for Nico's score. It's usually up the top. So fifty-five for Nico. Uh, a bit of a quiet one for him. Now my Pod Watch obviously is going to be Cam McInnes an absolute no-brainer. His last four scores have been 95, 89, 69, and 104. And he is owned by five teams in the top 1%. In the top 1,500 teams in the competition, he is owned by five of them. So those five teams are very, very happy teams in the top 1% right now, and are probably going to be guaranteed green arrows this week. So uh, well done to them. But hey, Cam McInnes, I've seen much worse options uh, at the 2RF. And if you're looking for a little bit of a pod, there's nothing more pod than a guy that's owned by five teams. Um, the Sharks, I guess, now we, we need to look at, uh, are they do they have good matchups coming up? They've got the Cowboys without Val Holmes next week. Um, unfortunately, they're, only, they're going to be travelling up to North Queensland next week. And then they've got Newcastle they've got to travel to as well. So they've got two games away the next two weeks. Newcastle playing some good footy. The Cowboys, are they competitive without Val Holmes? I don't know. I mean, they're not a bad football team. So I don't think they'll roll over. So this will be a challenge for the Sharks I know that Cowboys aren't technically oh, are they in the top 8? I'm not actually sure. But um if they are or aren't that'll determine how I feel about them. The Cowboys are currently ninth. Okay, so the Sharks are a chance. The Sharks are a chance at knocking them off. And then they've uh, they finished the year at home. So that'll be a nice match up there to finish the finish the year and might even be a Nico Hines captaincy in round 27. Um, but it's a bit, it's a slippery slope for the Titans from here. I'm not touching any of the Titans assets at the moment. I mean, Jaden Campbell's great, but Tino and David Fafita are the only two people you should be looking at from this team because they've just gone and signed long deals. Um, the Titans really have nothing to play for now. They're out of contention of the finals. So its it's more now a matter of playing for next year. And they've just locked up their two big forwards. So I don't know whether... I like taking any of those on, but Tino is massive. So Tino's a great little pod there in front row forward, but Cam McInnes is my pod watch for this game. Um, guys, what I'll do is I'll try and do my best to get to all of the questions uh, at the end. So any of the questions that you pop through, I'm not ignoring you. Um, I will definitely get to you at the end of the show. We'll do all the questions at once. All right, let's move on to the Broncos versus the Eels. So 54 to 10, bit of a drubbing. Matty would have liked this one. Uh, Dean Mariner, 132. Capewell, 126. Reese Walsh, 123. Some big ones here in, in this game. Reese Walsh especially. Liked He's a nice little pod there for, for anybody who took a dive at fullback for him. Dylan Brown got a big, up, uh, a big downgrade. He was 103 down to 87. Uh, and then everybody else from the Eels was putrid. Uh, not really much to talk about. Payne Haas, 64. I mean, you'd be happy with a 64 at front row forward. I just don't know. I think people paid for him at his top price. So you're probably not getting what you wanted in return for him. Uh, Adam Reynolds with an 86, Ezra Mann with an 80. And then Billy Walters scored a double with a 77 as well. So some good scores there for the Broncos. And if you do own them, unfortunately, you're going to be without them next week because the Broncos go into the buy for round 25. So it's going to, I'm um, look, I don't own them. As you can see on the screen, I don't own any of them. So I'm, looking forward to next week in a way and actually probably I'm I'm looking forward to the next three weeks because I have three trades up my sleeve and I'm probably going to need them with all the suspensions and stuff coming up with these shoulder charges and hip drops and everything but um I'm glad I held some trades because the next three weeks could be moving weeks and I've said it since bloody round 15 The final three rounds are going to be as important as the buy rounds so strap in because there's going to be a fair bit going on there um Jermaine Hopgood only a 41. He got upgraded from 37. Ryan Madison as well, 39. Didn't really do much. Cardi Party has now probably finished with a 37. And the two massively underperforming uh, is is Gutho, 33, and Mitchell Moses with 11. And Mitchell Moses' regular season is over. Uh, Unfortunately, with a fractured jaw, I think it was. Uh, So... It's a shame for Mitch Moses and a shame for the Eels because he's massive for them. So that's going to hurt them, I think. Look, my, my pod, I think, and, and someone to start watching now is Dylan Brown in this one. Like Dylan Brown, 87, is the only guy that looked like doing anything in this game. Uh, his base is fantastic. If we look at the stat and how he accumulated his stats, uh, he scored a try and obviously had a try com- contribution, but look at those tackle numbers. He, scored 20, he had 28 tackles. The guy just gets through base work. He had a line break, he had a line break assist, and he had 20 point or oh, 17 points in runs. So you know what you're going to get from Dylan Brown. The shame is he's at 810K. And whether that comes up or down a tiny bit, it probably goes down a little bit with his massive break even. But like 810K, like, I don't know. That's just, I don't know whether I want to pay for that when I'm not going to get anything back in round 27 i'm paying for two weeks i'm paying for around 25 26 and hey if you've got six seven trades and you just want to pull on the trigger or you have got six trades left in the last three rounds and you want to just you can afford to bring him in for those two weeks and then bring him out in the last round do it because i actually think dylan brown's a really good option if you've got the trades it's just a shame that not many people have those have those trades at the moment um and like i said look we won't talk too much about the broncos because we'll give maddie a big head but they're genuine contenders this season, I think, with with that performance. They made the Eels look like the Tigers, and uh, that's pretty tough to do. The Eels are a pretty good team. They're a very competitive team, and, and the Broncos made them look like a bloody jersey flag team. So full credit to the Broncos playing some really good footy. Let's move on to the photos and the Dragons. Now, we were probably hoping for a little bit more from these guys. Unfortunately, we didn't get what we paid for. Uh now, Walker and Latrell both finished on 81, and then AJ and Campbell Graham both finished on 72. All relatively well-owned. I mean, the top three are. Campbell Graham, not so much. Uh, Tane Milner the 61, as well as respectable. Keon Colombo, 53. Maybe probably want more from what you paid from him. Cam Murray, 48. That's, that's a pretty disappointing score, and I guess it summarizes what we've seen from Cam Murray all year, is that... He'll go out and he'll score you a try and and he'll be great in one game. And then the next game he'll come out and he'll just pass before the line a ton. Um, so, yeah, pretty disappointing from Cam, uh, Cam Murray if you have him. Damien Cook, 45. Look, uh, I was optimistic about Damien Cook and just thinking maybe there was a chance that he was going to be as good as Harry Grant in the run home. And, fuck, I was so wrong. I was so wrong. Uh, I just watch Harry Grant and he's just a league above. And and looking at it, watching Harry Grant through the the buy period, he does go a little bit quiet in the middle of the year. We know this, but he starts and finishes the year very well. And um, yeah, it's a oversight. And unfortunately, I went with Cooper Grant and held that trade and and kind of just rode home. And it's cost me a few points uh, for the run home. So anyway, live and learn. But yeah, Damian Cook forty five. Not much to talk about here for the Dragons either. Pretty ordinary. Highest score of fifty nine with Missouli. and then. Tyrell Sloan, forty-five, probably the only one worth talking about. Um, Davy Moali with a twenty-four. I wouldn't be upset with a twenty-four from Davy Moali. If I'm completely honest, I think um, twenty-four for an AE. I think you, anything under twenty, you start to panic when you see the teens uh, numbers. But twenty-four is fine if you. The, the, and I guess the the biggest thing to talk about here is that there was no real VC loopable score happening early on anyway. So you don't need to worry about your AE nightmares this week, unless you had a late or something and missed it. So um, now my pod watch on this one's Campbell Graham, and he's only 10.2% owned at this point in time. Uh, he's been putting together some decent scores. I mean, know how quality he is now South's are going right. As much as they're going left at the moment, I know that they love that sweep and they've got Latrell going left off Cody and then Latrell to AJ in the corner. They're going to do that forever. As long as that combo is there, they're going to go to the left, but they're going to the right a lot more. And Campbell Graham scoring a try this week, finishing the 72. He's always got good base. He's reliable. And you know that he's going to get a ton of ball there um, because often what you'll find is Lockie Ealy is hitting him short uh, and he'll run an unders line. So... I do like the way that they draw up plays for Campbell Graham there. You don't see Tarnay Milne getting the cutout ball too often down that right side. You see them hitting Campbell Graham short on a block play and he just runs straight through. So um, Campbell Graham, a really nice pod, 10% owned in the top 1% of teams is actually really nice as well. Um, For a player of his quality, the only reason why people aren't jumping on him is because of the round 26 buy. And if you have trades to cover that, like I said on the last, uh, like I said in the Isaiah Yo pod, um, definitely grab him. Because I think he's a, he's a really nice option and, and the Rabbits have a couple of good games. Um, all right. Let's quickly tackle some of these comments. Uh, don't have too many, which is great.
2: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: Sorry, guys. Doesn't make for very good viewing when I'm trying to read through these comments. I just want to make sure that we don't miss too many. Um, But what I will do is talk about what we're doing at Insight uh the insight podcast network specifically because we're doing some good stuff there's a lot of things happening in the background at the moment and i'm sure that for anybody close to the pod or or whatever for anybody who has had a fair bit to do with us you'll know how much time and effort we put in behind the scenes and and we've got a lot of exciting things happening specifically there's daily nba content flowing out at the moment with maddie g and the team over at inside nba so Make sure to go and check out our NBA stuff as well. If you're a bit of an NBA head like me, uh, we're starting to roll through 30 uh, team previews at the moment. So you're going to see a team preview drop every every day or two um, so you can get an understanding of who to draft and all that kind of stuff. And then we'll be doing a lot of mock drafts in the coming weeks as well in the lead up. Still a couple of months until the comp starts. So plenty of content there to make sure that you're ready to take all of your friends' money. Uh, in the NBA season coming up when you're in your cash comps and your drafts. Um, we're going to also have a ton of free cash comp, or free comps coming up and, and cash comps coming up for the NBA as well. So make sure you jump in the Discord. The link is in the description here if you're watching us on YouTube uh, or you'll get it on audio as well. So just check the description of the video and you'll be able to find the link for Discord. Jump in um, and, and it, it'll give you a bit of an understanding of how we do things in there, but also it'll give you some tips and some tricks and some access to us too um nbl content's coming soon as well so for anybody who missed the announcement nbl Supercoach is coming very soon which is very exciting for us because we've got a couple of nbl heads in the group and uh really looking forward to bring you some nbl Supercoach content from september so i think nbl starts at the back end of september so i'd be very surprised if that uh, nbl Supercoach wasn't open to the public very very soon so we'll start bringing some content And i know matrix is uh going to be very heavily involved in the nbl and the nba loves his ball so um you'll see plenty of him for nbl and nba if you're getting involved there we're all we've also got bbl coming up at the end of the year um as an ex-cricketer i'll be involved and uh, mickey dell from the afl inside afl podcast is going to be co-hosting that one with me so bbl super coach at the end of the year and look lastly we're still filling nfl draft comps at the moment FPL's just started as well. We've got a total points comp there we'll be giving prizes out for thanks to the standard squeeze and a couple of other exciting opportunities we have coming up. So jump in the Discord and you'll get all this info and you'll never miss out on joining any of these leagues. So go and do that. And we've got a very special sponsorship announcement coming very soon. We are lucky to be partnering with someone that uh, I won't give away too much of the details right now, but it'll be able to help our listeners a ton in a very, very tricky time. So, um, we're very excited to announce that one. That'll come out in the next couple of days as well. All right. Um, what have we got here? The questions. Yeah, there's a few red arrows and stuff happening here in the, uh, in the chat, unfortunately. Look, and that's the reality. It's, you're going to have a week where you have a bad week. It is, it is what it is. I've had a stinker of a week, 1157 for myself, for anybody who missed the start of the pod. So I get it. I, I definitely get it. Um. And it's hard because when you put in 25 weeks at work, you get to the end of the you get to like two, three weeks out and you have a bad week, you kind of think, why was I wasting my time? It's um it's all good. You'll um you'll definitely be able to come back in three weeks is plenty of time to be able to make your move and hopefully you're in your head-to-head semifinals because you've got two weeks left and you could win yourself some cash if you're in cash comps there too. All right. Let's move on to the Tigers and the Warriors. I'm actually a proud Tiger supporter on this one because I feel like we actually played some decent football. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm glad that we took our home game to New Zealand. I think that was a good thing to do. No other team's done that this year. So very, uh, you know, we've talked a lot on the pod about the Warriors and what they did through COVID to keep the game going. And I think it's definitely, a, you know, a small thank you to to them for what they did. So uh, take, Tigers taking their, their home game away to New Zealand. So uh, AFB 98 led the scoring in this one with Dane Laurie also getting 98. Uh, he's been playing some good footy lately. Uh, and then we've got harris 87, scored a try, set up a try as well. He was heavily involved in the attacking stats, which was great. Uh, Staffer 86. And then in the 70s, we've got jo- uh, Johnny Bateman, who's still relatively well-owned with the 75. Sean Bloor with a 74 who continues to impress every single week. And then we've got Sean Johnson, 73. Mitchie Barnett, 72. So some good scores in this one. 30 to 22, the Warriors ended up knocking off the Tigers. To stay within eight of the Warriors in their red-hot form, I'm I'm happy with that. I can I can definitely live with that, and hopefully that's something to build on into next season. Uh, Supercoach relevant scores. We've got Dallin with 10, a Lesniak. He got a... What did he get? 58. Uh, you wouldn't be upset with that, but... You probably wanted more with a try, but you know what you're going to get with him? He needs tries to score well. Um, so you're relying on him getting a double to get anywhere near 100. Um, so you know what you're going to get with him. Jackson Ford, uh, also with a 57. He had a nice little update from 49 to 57. And Jareem Buller, what did he finish with? A 47. All notes are completely wrong. So that's this is going to be fun. Um Really not much else to talk about on this one. I don't think we're considering any Tigers players for the run home, unfortunately. It's one of those teams where we know that they're not not—they're thinking about next year already. There's going to be a lot of rotation, a lot of playing around with lineups and things like that. So I, I don't necessarily want to go near any of these Tigers guys. And with the Warriors, they're a big, big team to be talking about at the moment. And I think that the news on Charles Nickle-Clockstad next week will be very, very interesting because if we find out that he's been another week, you're going to see a lot of super coaches jumping off. Probably myself included. I don't know whether I can afford to hold him for two weeks doing nothing for me, um, and I will probably take a punt on. Actually, I'll talk about who I'll take a punt on at the end of the show. But I've got about three players in mind on on who I might bring in for chance. Um, look, best case scenario, he's named next week and we're all good. But I just don't see it happening. Uh, the last time someone had three knocks or three failed HIAs in a season, they missed the rest of the regular season. So I, I don't have high hopes for CNK, unfortunately. And a lot of people jumped off this week. I can't blame him. It's fair enough. Now, the reason people are talking about the Warriors so much is because on the next last three weeks, you've got Manly, St George, and the Dolphins. That's three nice matchups. And when we're talking about matchups that defend the right edge, uh, especially specifically, we're talking about Dallin, Manly's right. Uh, Manly's left edge defense is very questionable. St George's is woeful, and the Dolphins uh, is, I'd probably say, even nearly as bad as the Dragon. There's some really nice, <coughs> excuse me. There's some really nice games there at target for the Warriors, and that's why people are jumping on board. And I don't blame anyone for getting Dallin. I don't blame anyone for getting CNK. I don't blame. I, I probably wouldn't go and get Brock um, or anybody like that, but uh, there are some nice little matchups there. Murata Nia some people were looking at on the right edge. So you know there there are some really nice matchup there, and SJ is at the center of all of that. So um, yeah, don't blame me for getting any Warriors players. Uh, Roosters versus the Dolphins was the next one, 30 to 14. They ended up winning the Roosters. Hutchison getting 130 is probably the highest score he's ever going to get. Uh, got a double and set up a couple, I think. Uh, Nat Butcher with a 95, Kiri with a 93. Jared Wallace ended up with an 81, which is a respectable score. Billy Smith with an 80. I swear to God, as soon as I got that guy in, he did nothing. Before I bought him, he was great. After I sold him, he was great. But just when I had him, he averaged fucking 32. So thanks, Billy Smith. And, and I'd probably speak for the Supercoach community because everybody traded him out at the same time. So uh, yeah, he's come to life, Billy Smith. 80, uh, Joseph Sueli, 75, and Joey Manu, 72, Tedesco, 63. Those are probably the Supercoach relevant scores from from the Roosters. Um, the only other one really to mention as we, we start to slide down the list, there's three guys here. Uh, we're looking at Connolly Lemuelu with a 34, we're looking at Valence Tafare with a 27. And then we're looking at Jeremy Marshall King with a 21. So Jeremy Marshall King, unfortunately, his season is over. So we're not going to see any more of him this year. And it probably coincides with maybe the Dolphins' finals hopes just dissipating this weekend. Um, so I'd say they're probably just going to put him on ice and make sure he's ready to go next year. So don't blame him. It makes complete sense to me. Um, from this game... I mean, look, Azarko, I wish I got him instead of getting Hammer, but that's, that's all part of the game. It's just uh, how Supercoach goes, unfortunately. But my pod watch here is Joseph Suweli. He's got a five-round average of 70. Um, he's also bashed out of 75 here in this game. He's got Parramatta coming up without Mitchell Moses, and I don't know how much that's going to affect them defensively, but it's definitely going to affect them attackingly. Uh, so Parramatta, and we know Parramatta leak points. We saw at the start of the season, they could barely keep out 30 points a game. So... Uh, then they play the Tigers. Uh, We've got to remember that, uh, first of all, the left winger for Parramatta is Micah Sivo. I think, is he still suspended? I'm not sure how long he's suspended or when he's due back, but it'll it'll either be Sivo or Simonson, maybe. Um, regardless, I'm more than happy for Sualee to be jumping over the top of both of those guys. West Tigers, uh, Junior Tupo, his defense and his defensive reads were awful. Uh, so he's got a nice match up there, and he's playing against uh, and he's got Souths who look AJ's led in three tries in one game this year. So he's two point seven percent owned Joseph Sewalii, and I don't really mind him at all as a bit of a pod play. And, and spoiler alert, he might be one of the guys I look at to get rid of CNK too. He's got the goal kicking for the Roosters as well, which bodes really well for his super coach scoring. It might get him an extra ten. 12 points maybe per game so uh joseph sueli don't mind it for a, a nice little run to finish the year all right how many more games we've we got two more sunday sunday afternoon games two absolute bollockings storm 48 raiders 2 i actually I, I don't know what happened here but i feel like the raiders got trampled and just played probably some of the worst football i've seen uh and I'll tell you what, there were some shithouse games this weekend, but this was up there from the Raiders as one of the worst games of the season that they've played. I can guarantee I can speak for them on that. Nick Meaney, 124. Uh, owners would be rejoicing right now. I know Matrix is one of them. He's, uh, he's a Nick Meaney owner and a very happy one at that with his 124. So good to see him back in the scoring uh, as a non-owner for myself. I'm not exactly stoked about it, but that's Okay. Um, Eli Katoa a 90, starting to come back into the frame, starting to become part of the conversation now for the run home. So Eli Katoa could be an option. Trent Liero goes over with a try there, a little a nice little assist from Harry Grant for an 82. Munster with an 82 as well, and Harry Grant with a 79. Um, and Christian Welch with a 60. You'll see there that I sat him as well. So my bench is probably performing better than my actual starting team at the moment. Um, the only real relevant score for Raiders was 53 from Corey Horsburgh, And When I say relevant, people own him. Uh, I wouldn't call 53 good by any means. Uh, Tarpany underperforming with a 42. Hudson Young, 37, didn't play him. So that was one of the start sits I got right. Um, he might be on my blacklist for next year. Oh, he's done absolutely nothing for me. And uh, since I bought him, I think, maybe five weeks ago. So I'll own that one. Uh, wasn't Wasn't the right call. But uh, luckily, I've got a couple of other ones right. Um, I guess the talking points on this one here, Eli Tower is, is a guy we need to be looking at. You've got 90 this week. He's owned by seven teams in the top 1%. So that is 0.5% ownership for the top 1% if you're looking to move up the ranks. Uh, I would be looking at Eli Katawa. He's sub 500k now. This is a guy that started the season at about 413k. And I think he ended up getting up past 600k at one point. And he was playing some really good football outside Jerome Hughes. And, and mind you, Jerome Hughes is on fire. He's on fire lately. He's playing some incredible football. So being outside Jerome Hughes is a massive advantage. And we saw that this afternoon. He absolutely decimated the left edge of the Raiders. So uh, have a look at Eli Katara if you've got some trades. And, and look, in your 2RF, we need to differentiate. I've got a couple of pods in Hudson Young and Ola Kawatu. Um, I reckon you need one or two pods in the 2RF, and there are some fantastic options. A lot of people went with Keon Koloa Matangi. Why not have a look at Eli Katara if you get a chance? Because he's starting to put some scores together now, and the Storm is starting to get serious. They're starting to work their way up into finals contention now, and they're starting to make some noise. Uh, and I know that they won't lay down, and I know that they'll be—they won't be resting their players in the in the run home. And I know that Bellyache is going to want to prove a point. Um, the Storm are coming fourth at the moment, and they're one win away from the Warriors, uh, and then also only one loss away from dropping back down to sixth. So they've got plenty to play for. Elikatara is my pod to watch in this game. Um, but look, I'm really surprised at how the Raiders played. I know I probably said it, but like they beat they've beaten the storm in Melbourne multiple times. They actually play really good football down at Amy Park. Like I don't, I don't understand why they were so bad. Jamal Fogarty had another stinker. He's put together three or four absolute shitters over the last month, month and a half. Uh, has some great games, but has some absolute shockers as well. So, yeah, a bit disappointing. Uh, if you're a Raiders fan, you probably want to uh, burn the tape on this one. I wouldn't even be doing any tape work i wouldn't even be doing any film review or anything like that if that game because you would just be pulling your hair out i know ricky stewart's going to give him an absolute flogging in the sheds as well all right last game knights bulldogs 42 to 6 another drubbing look at these scores for the week 24 12s okay manly played well sharks 36 to 6 broncos 54 to 10 and then a couple of close ones, which is okay. Uh, Roosters thirty to fourteen. I wouldn't call that a flogging, but I definitely wouldn't call it close. And then these two games today were just massive smashings, like forty eight to two and forty two to six. Like we're starting to see the teams now that are coming into the finals and the ones that are thinking about next year. So forty two to six, the I honestly got out of jail by not captaining Ponga. I feel like I, first of all, I think the majority of his score came from fucking goal kicks. Let's have a look. Scored 28 points in goal kicks alone. And he and that try assist, mind you, for the 79. If you're an owner or a captain, uh, I mean, good on you. It's a good captain score. Don't get me wrong. But that try assist that he got for the kick through uh is going to be questionable i'll be very interested and i'll be keeping a very close eye on whether the scorers actually downgrade that because normally they don't give ricochet kick ricochets uh as try assists they don't count them as try assists if it's ricocheted off a foot or a leg or something so yeah they've, they've given it to him on this one so very interesting to see whether he holds it whether he holds on to it but every time he gets the ball he's so fucking good it's it's scary not to captain him uh but i ran the gauntlet and i won by two points so go me uh, Dane Gagai with a 105. Hopefully, people jumped on, like I said, at the start of the show. Leo Thompson, 80. Ponga, 79. Marnie, 78. Um, some decent scores in this one, but then it drops off a cliff for the Bulldogs after that 78 from Reed Marnie and that late try. Max King with a 50. Caraz with a 38. Pretty poor. TPJ playing about fucking seven minutes again, as he normally does, and he got 33. Preston, 37. Ugh, kick out 30. Like Burton, 27. There's really nothing good happening for the Bulldogs at the moment. And um, for the Knights, I don't, know. I don't know if anybody saw Jackson Hastings' ankle injury, but that looked like, I'm not quite sure. It was a, a questionable whether you call it a hip drop or not, based on what the way that they've worded it. But it looks like Jackson Hastings is going to miss a fair bit of time, unfortunately. So uh, that'll be very interesting to see who they bring in there, whether it's Adam clune or, or how far he is away. Uh, I think he's injured, maybe, or, or does Lockie Miller reappear at some point now to? Play at halfback or five eight for the rest of the year, and Tyson Campbell goes to half. Who knows? But that really hurts them if if this is a significant injury. That hurts the Knights massively, I think. To to get rid of an organising halfback like Jackson Hastings, so does that impact Ponga for the final three weeks? Who knows? Who knows? I don't. I don't think it does too much, but there will be. You'd be lying if you weren't thinking about it. Dom Young with a fifty nine probably hoping for more from him. Adam Elliott with a 69, pretty decent score. Greg Margie with a 47 was probably the lowest score that he's had in a while as well. So uh, did just didn't get any ball out there and they're almost double-teaming him. I think it, everybody think back to last year when Sifatallikai just went on that massive run and he got the 150-odd and started scoring tries left, right and centre and, and he was dangerous at that point for maybe about three or four weeks. And then they just started sticking two blokes on him. And then everybody either side of him started to score. And I mean, had a great end of the year. Um, and then obviously, you know, Wade Graham was not good, but he played some good footy at the back end of the, or he, I wouldn't say played good footy, but he, uh, he, I'm going to try and work, work out how to phrase this without making it sound like Wade Graham is good. Uh, he was the beneficiary of Talakai getting extra attention. How's that? So, um, yeah, maybe that's happening to Marju. Maybe now Bradman Best, when he's back from injury or, or whatever, or whoever plays inside in Ari Tawala, uh, might get a little bit more scoring opportunity there if they go short to him rather than the extra attention that Marju is getting. Uh, but he still gets through his work. Can't be upset with 47 and, and no attacking stats. So um, talking points on this one, my pod watch for this one is Dom Young. And at 59, I'm not exactly stoked with a 59. I think it, you know... He got disallowed on a couple of tries. That 59 could have easily been a 110. So if he if he gets a couple of tries there or gets allowed a couple of tries uh, instead of getting them overturned, could be a very different story. Could be making way more attention. But I like these matchups. He's got Souths next week, and he's running at AJ's edge. Uh, decent defensively, him and Isaiah Tass, but not amazing. Uh, then he's got the Sharks, and the Sharks' right edge – sorry, left edge is, is quite poor and then he's playing dragons in round 27 which could honestly be a massive matchup if you've got a stack of ponga maju and young against the dragons in round 27. The dragons are playing okay football right now but I I mean if the knights have something to play for in round 27 and they're coming up against the dragons team that are coming second last like that that could be a monster score. So that could be a really nice game to target. Uh dragons versus the knights in round 27 that's uh the scores for the week obviously we're going to start talking a lot more about trades and stuff on on tuesday uh so keep an eye out for the tuesday show matrix will be back then to have a chat with me through it and no i'm not talking about the broncos any more than i already have i've given them enough props as it is um guys i guess my only kind of thing to talk about from here is what i'm thinking about with trades and a few different options um The only trade, really, the only trade decision I have to make is what do I do with CNK? Where do I trade him? What do I do with him? Now, let's say, for instance, he is named next week. Fine. I don't have to trade him. I don't have to move him at all. And I probably don't make a trade, to be honest. Uh, But if he isn't named Tuesday 4 p.m. and we find out that this HIA is going to probably see him through to the end of the regular season, then I've got to look at replacements for him. I can't just sit on that, leave him there I've got three trades and this is why I held trades to be able to move him so I could get Dom Young I could get Dane Gagai if I can afford him I could get DWZ I could get Sueli and no I'm not getting Selwyn Cobbo or Dean Mariner Um, but I just have a feeling uh, I mean I want to target good matchups and I think Sueli has a couple of good matchups coming up I think Dom Young and Gagai both have really nice matchups coming up, and Gagai is my pick if I can get him, but I think he might be a little bit out of reach now for me. I think he gained too much cash this week. Um, and then DWZ is an also, also another really good option. I think that my only concern with DWZ is the fact that he doesn't have CNK sweeping at the back. And don't get me wrong, T.R. is a very good footballer, very talented young kid, but he is not Charles Nickel Klokstad. He doesn't have the big body like Charles. He doesn't attract the attention like cnk does so i feel like dwz probably has less opportunity moving forward and uh you know is going to have to do a little bit more work there but um yeah maybe i fade dwz now um which is a shame if dwz would be great to have in my team if cnk is named next week uh, and i'll probably go that way if he is uh but maybe my option is dom young maybe dom young is the guy so uh we will see we'll announce on tuesday and obviously if you're in the discord we'll let you know what our trades are like we always do all all we matrix and i always talk to you about our trades and what our thoughts are moving forward every single week in discord so jump in the discord it's in the description of the youtube video and also in the description if you're listening on audio so uh just click the link and if you haven't ever used discord before don't worry it's a little bit overwhelming but we've mapped it out the whole thing out hopefully people can uh, give us a plug on there and um Definitely send us, uh, or definitely jump in the in Discord. Sorry, got thrown by a question there in the comments. Um, What I will do here is uh, quickly try and tackle some of these questions. There is a ton of comments in here, and I appreciate all these comments coming through. I will do my best to answer them all. Uh, I'm going to shuffle all the way back up to the top and see how I go. Yes. So Mr. Callio, unfortunately, JMK is out finished done for the year. They've announced it. Wayne Bennett announced it in the presser that he's finished. He's re aggravated that AC joint or bursitis injury or whatever they're calling it now. Um, so unfortunately he is done for the year. Um, not everybody knows how to loop. It's probably a good point. Luke, um, not everybody knows how to loop. If you loop this week, you're probably missing a trick. You want to loop at 130 or plus, 130 plus, I think, especially if you've got a shit AE. You can probably loop a little bit lower if you don't have any AE nightmares in your team, but yeah, I'd probably be looping above 130. We did a, a, a lot of chat around how to loop and stuff in the preseason content, and we'll do that again next year. So um, you can keep an eye out for that, or just hop in our DMs and we'll talk you through how to do it if you have a situation that um, you wanted to loop. Christian is asking is Tarpany to afb sideways love the pod thanks mate appreciate the support um i'd say yes i'd say yes it is i mean look toppany's going to have less attacking opportunities i think and raiders look fucking terrible they were spending all their time under their own goalposts so um yeah i pr- look if you've got the trades do it if you have the trades pull the trigger i, I really don't mind it um Problem the problem with this is that not many people have that trade. So it might be a pod play. Could be a pod play. AFB has way more attacking upside in a really nice draw. He's got a really nice connection with Torhu Harrison. That short ball close to the line. So take it. I I, I'd do that if you have the trades, but if you've got like four or less trades, man, I'd just hold Tarpany and just focus on uh focus elsewhere. Especially if you've got like Maybe even have a look at your matchup next week if you're in a head-to-head semi or something and you've got cash on the line. Have a look at what your uh, opposition team looks like and then maybe make a decision on that. Because if, if he's already got AFB, you'll need to decide then, is my team good enough and do I need to match AFB or can I still just go with Tarpany as a bit of a pod? Um, Phil just saying that the Eels are turning into a New South Wales Cup team late in the in the season. <laughs> Every gear like clockwork. Yeah, look, I mean, they made the grand final last year, so we can't really criticise them too much, can we? Um, how good is Hopgood? Yeah, no good. I oh, know Maddie traded Hopgood. So very, another big win, which is probably why Maddie got a 13.20, I think 13.23 this week. And I got 11.57. So that's that's why decisions like that to get rid of Hopgood, um, versus to keep him paid off this week. Uh, crazy praying mantis. What are the odds that Tino and Fafida don't see at their contracts? Any bookies willing to lose some money? Um, Fafita, I, I think Fafita could. It's only a three-year deal, but Tino getting on a ten-year deal is ludicrous. And I think Jason Taumalolo opened the door for that. So, is that a good thing for the Titans? I mean, I know they're trying to they're trying to wrap up their their star front or forward, and I get it. Uh, I just don't know whether a ten-year deal is ever worth doing for an organization. You're investing in one player that could go down with a god knows. Imagine if. Tino, god forbid hopefully this never happens but imagine if tino went down with like a really bad net injury like a Pappenhausen kneecap kind of injury or whatever and he's out of the game for two years comes back like you're investing a lot of money in a guy that technically could be out for for a long time who knows we and hopefully this never happens but it's just crazy 10-year deals are insane um uh paul with a 1001 this week tough uh I kind of feel a little bit better seeing that. Thanks, Paul. Had uh, my night. Appreciate it. Uh, what else have we got here? Sorry to the guys on audio listening to me. Work my way through these comments. I'll do my best. Uh, there's a fair bit of chat here in the or ch- comments here in the chat around uh, specific games. And yes, uh, I didn't actually mention this, but that try that um, Cody Walker scored, like Latrell and Cody Walker were both offside by about three feet. So I don't. I, that was bizarre. I can't believe that the bunker didn't pick that up. Um, what's the point in having a bunker? Say it every single fucking week. Why do we have a bunker when they get decisions wrong every single week? The refereeing is getting worse and worse and worse uh, every single week. And it's fucking bizarre how it happens when they've got all the technology. Just bring back your two refs on field, get rid of the bunker, blow the place up. And then, um, yeah, you probably enjoy your footy a lot more. I could accept a decision personally if we didn't have a replay and we didn't slow it down to fucking microseconds and frame by frame. I could just accept it. If he went out or had a foot on the line or whatever, fair enough. Like, we're not expecting these referees on field to be superhuman. Um, but the problem is now we've got all this technology. We're slowing things down and we're looking at things in much more depth than we ever would before. And it's ruining the game. So that's my piece. That's my piece on it. Uh, Phil's keen for NBL super coach. Yep, we are too. Uh, <laughs> and Maddie's talking about NBL already in the chat, which is great. Uh, a few We've got a few NBL fans in the chat, which is fantastic. Uh Tigers were competitive. They were this weekend. And yeah, no, so Crazy Praying Mantis mentioning here that Laurie's not a fullback and it only took until he signed elsewhere for them to figure it out. This is what we do at the Tigers, mate. This is what we do. Uh we we wait until players want to leave. And then they do leave and they sign elsewhere and then they become amazing. Uh it's just it will we're a breeding farm for everybody else. Uh Tyler, if you're still here, mate, and listening, par this week, probably 1250, I reckon. There's some Decent scores and 1,300s up there this week, but I'm seeing a lot of 1,100 to early 1,200 scores, so I reckon 1,225 to 1,250 could be par. Maybe even less. And he got 1,362, so that's massive. Uh, Craig asking, what do we think about Grant starting off the bench as a one-off? I don't think... I I wrote on Twitter. If you don't follow me, follow me on um, on Twitter at SC underscore brain, but... I put on Twitter that I was actually a little bit more nervous about Harry Grant coming off the bench and starting off the bench than I am when he starts. I just feel like when he comes on to the field after 20, 25 minutes, that's usually around the time where your your forwards are starting to get tired. So if you get a five-minute stint there with a tired forwards and you've got a fresh Harry Grant running around the ruck, that's dangerous as fuck. So for me, I was nervous about that. And And look, he scored 79, so... He did the same as what he probably would have done starting. I don't know whether he would have done too much more in the first 20 minutes aside from make a few tackles and pass the ball out of dummy half. So I um, don't mind it. Who to prioritize, J-Dog's asking, out of C&K if he's playing, Joey Manu or Tino? Mm. Well, C&K and Manu are much more higher owned. Uh, Tino is less owned. I think he's about maybe 15% owned. If you got the money, I'd be... Oh, fuck. Oh, actually, this is a bit of a tough one because, look, Tino doesn't really have anything to play for now. He's got his nice contract signed. Uh, the Titans have three more games before they get to go and get on the piss and do Mad Monday and have a nice holiday in Bali, whatever it is they do in the off-season. If c k is playing, I'm probably prioritizing c k considering I went Manu to CNK, k excuse me, last week or the week before. It didn't work, but um, I still think c k is a better option if he is playing. Uh, plenty of... <laughs> Matrix, give me a love heart if you hate Billy Smith. And I've, we've got about five or six people love hearting in the chat, which is fantastic. I love the, the moral support of the Billy Smith hate club. Nothing against the bloke, just a super coach player who absolutely rotted us all this year. Um, sure Mark should have taken his own advice on Katoa as a pod with Hughes back. Hey, man, it's not too late. you still got three weeks. Could be a good play. I don't mind it. Uh, Jerome Hughes. Could also be a nice play. It's just a shame that he's halfback only. He always will be halfback only. So not really a consideration or an option there. Uh, Luke Roden asking, Hopgood to Eli Katawa. Hopgood has the Panthers and then the buy. I love that. I actually really like that move. I think Hopgood is an... Op- if you don't have any other problems in your squad right now, Hopgood could be the perfect trade-out. The worst thing that happens is he goes and gets his average of 60 or 70. But I'd be looking at some up side guys now that can score tries and I know that Hopgood scored three tries this year but it's three tries Eli Katoa could put on three tries in the final three games playing outside they uh, Katoa uh, playing outside Jerome Hughes sorry so I like that move I like that, that move I approve of it absolutely we'll see what Matrix thinks in the chat if he's still here um, I'm not talking about the Broncos. Here's a question to all the listeners. So Paul's asking, is this podcast worth listening to? Leave a comment and ask, uh, leaving comments and asking questions. If you answered yes to any of the above, support the podcast and hit the like. appreciate that, man. And look, I'm sure Paul understands it as much as anybody else, but for, for us to be able to grow the podcast, for us to be able to reach more people, it does help when you like it. It does help when you share it. It does help when you comment. It does help when you engage, when you watch all the videos, when, you know, at uh, and especially when you subscribe, you'll never miss future videos, but it does help reach. Uh, so if you do like the podcast, we really, first of all, you don't have to do anything. We really do appreciate your support and just hopping on live. But if you do want to support us, hit subscribe, hit like, uh, share it with your mate who might be a super coach guy and um, yeah, help us reach more people. We would appreciate that if you like it. Um, all right. <laughs> Head-to-head question from J-Dog. Trade half Satino this coming week with the Broncos on the buy. Look, if it's a, yes, if it's a um, do or die final, or it should be, you're in the semi-final. So if you're in the semi-final, there's cash on the line or you want to win, I don't mind that move. I actually probably would do that if I didn't have any other problems in my squad. Uh, I have a feeling I'm going to have a couple of problems I'm going to have to deal with this coming week. CNK is going to be one of them, and then maybe that's two RF that might get suspended, um, whether that's Nick or R, whether that's bloody David Fafida, whether it's Hopgood, who knows. Um, But if you don't have any other issues, Hustatino is a fantastic trade if you can make that cash work, for sure. Um, And, yeah, Cowboys had that issue with Michael Morgan retiring into a 10-year contract as well, yeah. So that was uh, very, very recent after he won that grand final and the poor guy was a quality player. But, uh, yeah. Oh, Tyler, yep, you got it. Cool, sweet. yeah, blow up the bunker, absolutely. So, sorry, I'm just catching up on the latest comments here at the moment. But um, I'm good to see that some people are supporting me when we're talking about blowing up the bunker and just letting the referees do the job. Uh, Tyler, does Trell or Ponga go big against each other this next week? Yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting matchup, isn't it? I probably won't be. I probably won't be captaining either of them personally. Um, I, I don't know whether they cancel each other out. I'd feel less confident about Ponga going big against the Rabbitohs compared to Latrell going big against the Knights, if that helps you. And, yeah, look, Ponga, he he sat for the last 10 minutes of the game, but that's not really going to make too much difference into next week. I don't think he – an extra 10 minutes won't mean he's fresh at all. Um, I think uh, I would rather back Trell against the Knights than I would back Ponga against the Rabbitohs, personally. That's me. Um, but we'll see. That'll probably be my famous last words. And would I look at Teddy? Mr. Caliero is asking. Uh, yes. Yeah, I would. Absolutely. Yeah, I just find that there's so many good options at fullback. Uh, I know we're not looking at Reese Walsh for next week because the Broncos are on the buy, but fuck, man. like, uh, they've got a decent, They've got a decent run. They've got a decent run. Uh, I don't mind it. I don't mind Teddy, uh, and obviously Gutho's now shit in the bed, and he's going to have to do nearly everything. Gutho's going to get the kicking back though. So there's one advantage if you are a Gutho owner. I'd probably hold Gutho because he's going to get heavily involved, and he's also going to have the goal kicking. Whether they can score points or not, that's the that's another question. But um, yeah, I do like Teddy. I, I just don't know whether he'd be in the top two fullbacks that I would look at bringing in personally. Um, Oh, I must have missed a question. Sorry, Phil. Uh, What damage do these late-season games do to the rookie pricing of Ethan Strange? Yeah, massive. Massive. Because he's going to get a few games under his belt, and he's going to be priced at a fucking... What did he get? I missed his... uh, I didn't review his score very well, did I? Uh, For anybody in the chat who wants to beat me to it, I'm going to quickly check. Uh, If we go to the Raiders game... Strange. What did he... What did he... Yeah, 17, fuck. It could be good for him. (laughs) Personally, this could be fantastic Uh, if he only got 17. I mean, the the concern for me is Dean Mariner because Dean Mariner was going to be a juicy option for me. He was going to be someone that I would have been looking at in round one, 2024. Uh, He would have flew under the radar with the pricing. He would have probably been sub 300K because he didn't play that much and didn't score that well. And now he's getting these games at the back end of the year because Corey Oates is out. And Jesse Arthurs is also out. So Dean Mariner, unfortunately, now his price is going to get pumped up with all these big hundreds and stuff, and he's probably going to be 500, 550K to start the year. So so what Phil's asking is, you know, when we're starting to see these rookies that are starting to be blooded into teams, these would have been really good – they would have been fantastic pickups at the start of the season next year, and they would have been 200K rookies because they hadn't played any NRL. Now, unfortunately, they're going to play NRL. They might even be playing some good football and they might get some good super Coach scores in the final month of the year. And then they'll get priced at an average of four forty five fifty, 50, which could end up being closer to 400 to 500K. So unfortunately, yeah, we are getting a bit of a kick in the dick with all these rookies coming in at the back end. But look, there's still going to be some more rookies popping up. There's going to be guys from New South Wales Cup that are going to get a gig next year. Um, yeah, Mariner was going to be 90% owned. Spot on. He, uh, Dean Mariner was the one that I've been looking at for so long, but I'll tell you who else I'm fucking very excited about, and we need to start thinking about this now, is these guys that have gone through season-ending injuries and had really bad scores. I mean, Angus Crichton is a guy that I'm looking at for next year. He'll be probably around the 400K mark to start the year next year based on his average and the amount of games that he played. Like, it's these guys now we can start thinking about next time. And we can start thinking about, you know, who are we going to pick up at a massive discount? And Angus Crichton is probably number one on my list if he gets the starting edge role at the Roosters next year and the Roosters don't look putrid because they look pretty ordinary. So far, that's it from me. An hour five by myself. How about that? Get carried away a little bit. Guys, that'll do us for tonight sunday session all done and dusted thanks for joining me as well i really appreciate all the support everybody hopping on getting involved in the chat asking questions hopefully i didn't miss any and if i did miss your question just repost the comment and i'll i'll get back to you as soon as i can or hit me up on twitter or, or facebook or whatever and i'll do my best to answer for you otherwise guys thanks for watching if you haven't hit subscribe hit like follow us if you're listening to us on audio join the discord in the description as well and uh have a chat with us in there Otherwise, I'm the Super brain. You've been listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports podcast. Catch you later.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinns is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more.